and preach. I've been sitting on this message for two weeks. Buddy, oh, the children's church can be dismissed to go downstairs. I think it was God that woke me up about 1 o'clock this morning. It was either God or Brenda, I don't know. But once I was awake, I couldn't go back to sleep. You ever had one of those days and I was awake till about 3 o'clock and I was wondering if, if I was struggling with God about this message, if he wanted me to preach another message and, and just making sure that I'm right and I have one of those days where I feel like I'm not good enough to fulfill this position that God's placed me in, and, and I'm not. It's, it's only because he, he, he shows up and that's the only way that I can possibly do it. So... Um, I talked to you all some about this if you were at prayer meeting a, a week or so ago. Um, this also goes to with the series of, of Back to the Basics. Any of you ever heard the, the series Back to the Basics before? God gives it to me every few years. I haven't preached it since 2017, though. So we're getting it again, right? Sometimes we need to go back to the basics and look it over again and make sure that we're doing things right. Make sure that, how many know you can't exhaust the Word of God? So I would title this message today, What Have You Done for Your Relationship Today? I've been trying to ask my family that daily. What have you done for your relationship today? Maybe we should take it upon ourselves to ask each other this. What have you done for your relationship? Ask me that. What have you done for your relationship today, Pastor? I'm not talking about my relationship with my wife. I'm talking about my relationship with God, right? Get into asking each other that. What have you done for your relationship today? Today. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday or last week. What have you done today, right? We're, we're looking to, look, to move deeper into, more, into spiritual things, right? As a church... I heard a preacher last week or week before talking about um, all the church numbers are down across the board. I went to a board meeting, the district board meeting, and everybody was talking about how the churches are down in numbers, and we are down right now. But this particular preacher was talking about it's easier to get a smaller group of people to move into something than a larger group of people. So they were talking about taking advantage of this time while we were down in numbers to get the smaller group of people to move deeper into spiritual things. Church, you want to move deeper into spiritual things? Here's our chance. It's easier to get 10 people in, into one mind and one accord, right, than it is to get 50 people into one mind and one accord. Amen. Amen? We got more than 10 here this morning, but we've been down a number for a while. We have a smaller group right now, so let's take advantage of it. And this came from me. I was talking to Caleb a, a couple weeks ago now, and, and uh, he said, Dad, you know, I want to have a relationship with God, but I really don't know how to. And me and Caleb have been spending more time together lately, and we've been running some dogs and, and doing some, some fun things, and we've been working out a little bit, but... So I started to explain to him, you know, you got to pray. And prayer doesn't just mean that you bring your laundry list to God and you tell him what all you need. Now I need you to do this. I need you to do that, God. And I need it to be done at this certain time of day and telling God his job, right? It's not that. That's not what prayer is about. It's okay to take your things to God and tell him what you need. But prayer, true prayer is just fellowship with God, going and talking to God, you know, seek him out. Lord, Lord I just want you to know that I love you today. Lord, if you're in that position that Caleb was in, I want to have this relationship with you. I want to have a better relationship with you. Lord, would you show me how to have this thing? Make yourself real to me. You know, just talking to him. Like you would talk to me if you called me up on the phone. Yeah. Amen? Just be real with God. Then listen to him. How many know the Bible says if, if we seek after him, we'll find him? Yeah. Right? If we knock, the door will be open. Right? If I draw an eye to him, he'll draw an eye to me. Imagine how much further he can reach than I can. So we have, to, we have to do those things, then we have to listen. Sometimes we gotta, we got to get quiet. we got to get quiet and listen sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to hear. We're not listening with these ears, with these physical ears. I'm not using my five physical senses. I'm listening with my spirit. My word teaches me that the spirit speaks to, to me through my spirit, right? So I have to listen, and then I have to respond. you got to do some things. 
It's going to cost you something if you want to have this relationship, right? You got to get into your word. You got to read your word. You got to apply the word to your life. The word should make you look different. After you read the word and you apply it to your life, you're never going to be the same again. It's going to change you forever. Amen. I'm talking about getting into a relationship with God. We know these things. Caleb, I said, Caleb, he's been in church for a long time. You know all these things, son. You've already known this. You've been in Sunday school since, since you can remember. You know these things. But what we're missing is discipline. Church, that's what we're missing today is discipline. Even as adults, I'm talking about Caleb today. He's my 16-year-old son. But we're missing discipline. I, I mean, it, it's plain to see that, right? We're going back to the basics right now. Discipline is one of the first things that you teach a child. Is it not? Right? We, we teach them a little discipline. If we didn't teach them discipline, they would just run around and, and, and run amok and tear into everything and destroy everything that we own. Right? We tell them no. We slap their hands. Right? We might lift their feet off the ground a little bit. We take some things away from them from time, from time to time. We might ground them. But we teach them discipline. Amen? Church, sometimes we need a little discipline. God will discipline us through his word, right? We're going back to the basics. The first week I taught on this, we talked about honor. Y'all remember that? Anybody that was here, if you weren't here, get it on the podcast. Um, we talked about honor. The, the next week we talked about God's plan. God's plan is better than my plan. Who would have thought? Right? This week we're going to talk about discipline. We're also talking about renewing of our mind. That's why some of the stuff I was talking about in Sunday school this morning, Brother Adam, I had studied some of the things, things relate to what you were talking about with the churches. We have to have our, our mind renewed. When we were young Christians, we were all about getting our mind renewed. We wanted to know more about God's word. We dug into God's word. We were trying to apply it. We wanted to change it where we could. But then, so, just like the churches in, in, in the book of Revelations, we get so far, and then we can become complacent. Sometimes we start to settle. Sometimes we allow worldly things to creep in on us. Maybe we haven't even realized that we've got a little world in our life. Maybe we got a little world in the church today, right? We're doing a lot of things right. When Jesus talked to the churches in Revelation, he came and he said, you're doing this and this and this right, but this I have against you. He said, get it straightened out, right? Repent of these things. If you don't repent of these things, it's going to cost you in the end, right? We've got to have a renewing of a mind, a constant. I don't care how old you are in the Lord, your mind needs to be continually being renewed. You need to be continually disciplining yourself, learning more discipline, right? Amen. What have you done for your relationship today? Today. Does it matter what you did yesterday or last week or last one Sunday or 10 years ago? What have you done for your relationship with God today? Today. We're off to a good start. We're in church, right? Ask yourself that come Monday about noon. Amen. Or Tuesday about noon. Or 5 o'clock on Thursday. Ask yourself. What have you done for your relationship today? And I think part of the discipline is this is why I've been trying to ask my family this. It's not because I'm trying to nag at them. And if I ask you what you've done for your relationship today, it's not because I'm trying to nag at you. I'm trying to bring it to your remembrance. Because part of discipline is just remembering to do it sometimes. We get so busy with everything else. We forget about where our spiritual man is. Right? But when we start disciplining ourselves and we start disciplining that spiritual man, hey, maybe you might need to remind me next week. Because you remember, because I reminded you this week. Amen? What have you done for your relationship today? We need to understand that there's a constant battle, a spiritual battle happening. It's constant. It's ongoing. If, the, if the, we, we understand that the spiritual battle is ongoing, then we would understand that we need, to, we need constant discipline. 
We need to be constantly growing spiritually, right? It's a constant battle, though. And, and there's a power struggle, and the power struggle is real. It's between the flesh and the spirit, right? This power struggle is real. And the fight is for your soul. It's for eternity. This fight's for keeps. You see, some of us want to play around with spiritual things. We want to dabble, be in and out of church, but this fight's for real. It's the most real thing you've ever experienced before. It's for keeps. The devil's playing for real. He wants to take you to hell with him. Right? God does not want us to go there. But we've got to be disciplined. We have to, re- have, to, have, to have a constant renewing of our mind, right? It also affects how we live while we're here on this earth. How my mind works, where I allow my mind to go, is going to affect how I live here, right? How's my authority and my power and my blessing and my prayer life and, and all those things going to work if my mind's over here somewhere? Think about that. This is the biggest thing that I think the church struggles with, is keeping control of our mind, right? Renewing of our mind. It's a basic thing, though. We did it as a brand new baby Christian. We may not ever even realize that we were renewing our minds, but we were. It's one of the first things that began to happen when, when, you, when you ask Jesus to come in your heart and, and, and all those things happen, right? He, the, the, number one, the, way, the number one way the enemy attacks us is through our mind. Number one, numero uno, uno. He'll also attack us physically. He'll attack our family. He'll attack us financially and all those things. But the number one way he's going to attack you is in the mental arena. He's going to attack your mind, right? He's going to get you into fear. He wants to get you into doubt. He wants to get you into unbelief. He wants to get you busy, right? And if he can get you busy worrying about something or doubting about something or just get you busy with work maybe, right? If he just keeps us busy, worry keeps us busy. Worry will cripple us. Most of it's not going to come to, come to pass anyway, right? We have to control our mind. If we control our mind, we win the war, Right? We lose control of our mind, we lose the war. What you do with your mind, where you allow your mind to go, what you think about, what you allow your mind to dwell on, what you allow your mind to think on, is critical. It's critical. Right? Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, we talked about this in Sunday school a little bit this morning. This is Paul, Paul's prayer for spiritual wisdom, and there's eight verses here, and I know it's quite a bit of reading, but just, just take this in. Therefore, and, we, and most of us know it when we get down to verse 21, right? But we'll start off at 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love for all the saints. This is Paul writing to the church of Ephesus, right? The same church that he tells them in Revelations, you've lost your first love. You're doing all these things right, but you've lost your first love. Paul starts off telling them how great they're doing. Do not cease to give thanks for making mention of you in my prayers. Paul doesn't cease. He, he's... he's, he's thanking God for them, that the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He's praying for this church. He's praying for this church of Ephesus. I think this church of Ephesus looks most like us, church. We started out hot and heavy, but we've lost our first love. Amen? If we'd be honest with ourselves, do we do everything we do as under the Lord? Is God first in all the decisions we make? Think about it. I'm not, I'm not standing on a box preaching down to you today. I'm looking at self. Examine ourselves today, right? <clears throat> he says he's praying for spiritual revelation and spiritual knowledge of him, of God. The eyes of your understanding be, being enlightened that you may know 
What is the hope of his calling? What are we here for? He's called us here, right? He's called each and every one of us to sit in this church. He places every member in the body as it pleases him. So what is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? He wants us to know we have an inheritance coming, right? He wants us to know our purpose here. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? We all know this part of it, right? Most of us do. Toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his, right his own right hand in heavenly places. What's he talking about here still? He's praying for us to have a revelation of the power that we possess. Isn't that what he's saying? He wants us to know we have an inheritance. He wants us to know, that if you read before this, where he's talking about being sealed by the Spirit into this one body. He wants us to understand these things. This is Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus. This is Paul's prayer for the church today, then, wouldn't you say? He wants us to understand these things. That's why he wrote, uh, wrote it down in a book, right? Far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to, to be the head over all things. Talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus is the head over all things to the church, which is his body. The church is his body. He's the head. The fullness of him who fills all in all. He wants us to understand that Christ is going to fulfill all things in all situations. Amen? That's what Paul's praying for. Spiritual wisdom. I'm talking about renewing of your mind still. I'm still talking about discipline. Paul's praying for, the, for us to have spiritual wisdom or the church to have spiritual wisdom, right? <clears throat> he wants us to know how it works. When you dig into that book and we're applying the word to our lives, he wants us to know what we're doing it for. This is what you possess. This is what belongs to you, right? He wants us to understand the way that God designed it to operate. Isn't that what he's saying here, more or less? He wants us to get it. That's what he's wanting to happen. We can't afford to be complacent, church. We can't afford to have a lack of discipline. Look at all the things that Paul just talked about that, that, that belong to us, and there's much, much more than that. That's just one paragraph. This is what God talks, or Paul talks about belong to us, and we want to sit on our hands. We want to allow a job to become more important than spiritual things. Think about that. We want to allow people to take the place of God. So often we'll allow a natural relationship to get in front of my relationship with God. Amen? It's not just me, is it? We can't, we can't afford to have a lack of discipline. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5 says, for, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, right? We're here in this fleshly body, but that's not where my business is at. Amen? <clears throat> for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through, the, through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Pulling down of strongholds. Casting down, verse 5 says, casting down imagination. And this word imagination in the Greek means reasoning, a reasoning such as hostile to the Christian faith. This is right out of the Greek. You can go read it yourself. A reasoning such as hostile to the Christian faith, imagination or a thought. Imagination, image. When I thought of an image, I thought of a movie screen. You know, when you imagine something, sometimes you can see it in your mind. Amen? That's what he's talking about. Casting down thoughts or those imaginations, those images that come through your mind. Amen? That are hostile to the Christian faith. Does that make sense? And every high thing that exalts itself, itself against the knowledge of God. So this knowledge that Paul's praying that we would have, 
things are going to come against that knowledge. The enemy wants to keep us busy. He doesn't, wanna, he, he doesn't want you digging in that book you got in your lap. He doesn't want you getting in there and find out what belongs to you, who it says you are. He doesn't want you to know those things. So he wants to get you worried. He wants to get you upset. He wants to separate you from your church. And so many times, church, we help him out with it. We'll take any old excuse to lay out, stay home. I understand sometimes we miss Sister Lena. Sometimes we're, we, we don't feel good. But some of us take any old reason we can not to come around. That's exactly what he's looking for. He separates you from your help, right? Against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So I said all that to say, every action begins with a thought. We just don't hop out of bed and make coffee. I don't even drink coffee, but you don't hop out of bed and make coffee without first thinking, boy, a cup of coffee sounds good. Amen? Every action begins with a thought. I don't care what it is. You think about something first before you do it. That's why we're talking about renewing of your mind. So when we begin to think right, we'll begin to act right. Amen? You ain't laying out of church because you ain't thinking about laying out of church. You're not, you're, you're not laying out of church because you're hungry and thirsting after the things of the Lord and, and you can't get enough of his word. Amen? We're not letting our job get ahead of the word of God because we've been digging in the word and our minds focused on the word. That hits home for me. May hit you at home too, but we're not, in, we're not letting our relationship with our wife or someone else get in, in, in front of God because we're digging in the word of God. It's because we're not thinking right. Our thinking's messed up. Amen? When we begin to think right, we'll begin to act right. I won't be getting into sin if I'm thinking right. If my thinking lines up with the Word of God, I, don't, I, I won't want to sin. I won't want to do those things anymore, the things that God says is wrong, because my thinking lines up with His Word. Amen? When we begin to think right, we'll act right. We'll talk right when we begin to think right. The words that come out of my mouth will line up with his word when I begin to think right. When my mind is focused on his word, when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm meditating on his word day and night, right? I'm talking about discipline in myself still. I'm talking about renewing of my mind, right? This week, I'm going to tell on myself a little bit, okay? Kind of goes right along with your story, Sister Lena. This week, I was here at prayer meeting on Tuesday, and I started to have this tickle in my throat, and Wednesday, I didn't feel very good. Katie called me up. I was just going to stay away from people. As a pastor, you don't get too much of an option. I, I can't really stay home. I got to be here. So I wasn't terribly bad, but I wasn't feeling great. So I came up here and I figured I'd just stay where people. I'd stay on the platform. I'd go back and sit by Brenda and I wouldn't get anybody's face. And then Katie was preaching and she calls me up here to help pray for somebody looking for the, for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So I was like, I'll stay behind her then and you all pray for us. I, I don't want to get in her face. And so she's slain in the spirit. So I just sat in the chair off the side and we prayed. However, we left by Thursday, I slept all day long because I'm the kind of person like that, too. When I start feeling down, my body does, I want to sleep. And, and usually my body will recover, and it helps me recoup, I feel like. And my wife thinks I just like to sleep a lot. And, well, maybe I do. But Thursday, Thursday, I, I knew I'd get an amen out of somebody today. <laughs> Thursday, I slept all day long by Thursday. And, and I was off Friday, too, because they canceled my shift. But um, by Friday, I was up and ready to get out of the house. I got up Friday morning, and I was fired up, and I was ready to go. I was feeling better, and I had big plans. I was going to go do whatever Brenda wanted to do. She usually runs me around the different stores, and we go out to eat, and I was ready to go because I wanted to get out of the house for a while. So um, by the time I got to Excelsior, I started getting choked up again. 
I mean like choking and gagging and stuff coming out and and it, I couldn't hardly talk because when I talked it would mess with my airway and I would start to choke again and I was getting gagging and it, and it was almost frightening because it was hard to get air in right and 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 by the time I got to Westlake I had to go in and get a screw for a, a chair that Kylie got and I went in there and I was just trying to get out of there without coughing and them running me out of the place thinking I had COVID or something I'm serious. And by the time I got back to the car, Brent, we were supposed to go to Fuji and, the, and we steakhouse in Liberty and we were driving up there and I was coughing and hacking and spitting stuff in napkins and it, it was terrible. And I'm just telling you, I know it's explicit and it's nasty, but I'm telling you the truth though. This is what happened to me because my mind wasn't right. My thinking wasn't right. So my words and my thoughts started going somewhere else, right? So uh, <clears throat> we were on our way to Fuji and, and I was coughing and stuff, and I said, Brenda, help me pray, because I was having a hard time releasing my faith on it, because I was feeling this, and I was feeling my airway be, felt like I couldn't get air in, wasn't breathing the right amount of air, and I started thinking about Stephen when he had COVID, he went to the hospital, and people said he didn't go soon enough, and I thought about Rhonda's friend Kelly, and I'd heard maybe she didn't go soon enough, so maybe I need to go to the doctor, maybe I need to get in there, I don't know what this is I got, it's not going away apparently, and I'm coughing it up. Brenda, help me pray, because when you're feeling the symptoms, it's hard to, it's hard to pray. It's hard to release your faith on it. And she got upset with me, and she was a little bit hateful. <laughs> oh, I'm open my mail, right? I better get off her. <laughs> and she said, well, are you going, and, and I started, my, I, I said something to the effect of, I need to figure out what I'm going to do because I don't know if I'll be able to make it to church Sunday if I'm still coughing like this. And she said something to the effect of me, are you going to believe God? Are you, or what are you doing? You're going to be worried about going to church on Sunday. And I said, well, Maybe she's right. So uh, she said, do you want to go over here to Sally's Beauty? Well, I take me over here first, one of the other stores she wanted to go to. So I took her over there, and I was on the phone. I, I called the doctor's office. I couldn't get in. I was on the phone with the urgent care, still coughing and hacking, and I couldn't get in. And I, I had been listening to Kenneth Copeland. Um, where am I? And I'd, been, I'd been listening to Kenneth Copeland, and he had used the scripture. I'd listened to part of this. This message was like over two hours long, I believe. And I'd listened to part of it a few days before, and I was listening to the rest of it in the car, me and Brenda were. And he had used this scripture, Jeremiah 1 and 12. I want you to check this out. He, the prophet Jeremiah, God gave this to him, and he says in the, new, or in the King James, it says, Then he said, then, he, then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast seen well, for I will hasten my word to perform it. This word hasten right here in the Hebrew means to wake, watch, awake, or be alert right? So I want to read it to you in the New American Standard Bible now. It says, then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. God's watching over his words to perform them, right? So when my thinking's not right, and I'm saying, boy, I don't know if I can make it to church on Sunday. I don't know what I'm gonna do about that. If I'm still coughing like this, and what if I have to go to the doctor? And you know what all your mind does, because you haven't had it renewed for a while. I'm ashamed to say that. Y'all gonna get quiet right here, huh? Hits home for a few of us, right? God's watching over his word, right? So while Brenda's in there and I'm on the phone with urgent care, she's in the Sally's Beauty Supplies, I, I, I was on hold with urgent care and I said, I cast down those thoughts and imaginations I had. I knew these scriptures that I just read to you. You all know these scriptures about casting down thoughts and imaginations, right? You know that we have authority. You know all these things. I've taught you these things, and I've taught you these things, and I've taught you these things. We know these things. If you've been here very long, you can't say you didn't hear it. If you didn't hear it, you was asleep. 
Amen? We've taught this repeatedly over and over and over again. I cast down those thoughts and imaginations. I cast down those words that I just spoke, Lord. I repent, God. I am going to believe in you. I repent of those things, and thank you, Lord, for your word. I know that your word's infallible, God. That's what I said to God. I was thinking about him sitting there looking over these words that I'm using. Your word is infallible, Lord, and I know that no weapon, I thank you, Lord, that your word says that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper, and I thank you that I'm healed because Jesus took a beating. That's exactly what I said to God. I reminded him of his word. You ever remind God of his word? He's looking over those words. He's waiting to perform them. Church, we've got to have our minds right. We've got to get our thinking right so that we're speaking right, right? We've got to be acting right. <clears throat> And then I said, Lord, I thank you that your word says that I have authority. And then I began to speak, to speak to my body. And I said, body, you operate just exactly the way that my God designed you to operate back when he designed you back in Genesis. You operate just exactly like that. Every way you open up, mucus, you flee from me. You don't have a place here. I'm not giving you a place. Amen. And can I tell you, God was watching over his word. Before Brenda came out of that satellite beauty supply, I quit choking. It went away. My head cleared up. It was like that for me, too. I had it in my sinuses. Then it got this little tickle down here in my throat. It was starting to go down, and, I was, and it went away. It went away. God was watching over that word to perform his word. What's coming out of your mouth? What's coming from your actions, church? It's all coming from right here. You didn't say a thing without thinking about it first. You didn't get into that sin without thinking about it first. You have to renew your mind continuously, right? It's imperative as a Christian to, to renew your mind. Take authority over your mind if you have to. You have authority, Jesus gave it to you. Take authority over our minds if we have to, right? Guard our tongue, Brother Adam. We talked about that in Sunday school this morning. We have to guard our tongues. We have to guard our minds. We have to be careful what we allow to go into our minds, right? As a Christian, I can't keep watching the same scary shows I used to like to watch. I can't keep going to the same places and hanging out with the same people doing the same things. I can't do it anymore because I can't renew my mind like that, right? If we want to change our actions and we want to change our words, we have to first change our thoughts. <clears throat> Romans 12, 1 and 2, another familiar scripture. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. Sacrifice your body. What's he mean by that? Lay down the things, my wants, my fleshly desires, my want to make more money, my want to have a better relationship with my wife. There's nothing wrong with those things, but he's got to be number one. Those other things have to be sacrificed, and behind him, he's got to be number one, then my wife, then our children, then finances, and, 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 and something of that order, right? <clears throat> acceptable to God, your holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. I'm reading this a different translation today. Some of them say, is your reasonable service. But this one says, spiritual service of worship. We're, we're worshiping God when we sacrifice our flesh. Right? When we continue to renew our mind. And do not be conformed to this world. Don't act like the world. Don't look like the world. Amen? Don't talk like the world. Don't think like the world. If you're thinking like the world, you're going to be talking like the world. You're going to be acting like the world. But when your thinking changes, the rest of it changes. Right? It takes discipline. It's not going to change by you saying yes, amen. It's going to take some discipline when we walk out of this room. Amen? When you're back on the job site tomorrow, 
Ask yourself, ask the one sitting next to you, what have you done for your relationship today? Because it's going to take discipline. Amen? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind has to change, right? To renew your mind, or renew your mind to rely on the Spirit through the Word of God. Does that make sense? We have to change our mind by relying on His Word and relying on the Spirit through the Word. So that you may prove what is the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. How God designed it. The same things Paul was praying for, right? God wants us to understand how God designed this thing, how he wants it to work for us. How do we do that? How do we accomplish it? By renewing your mind. By beginning to think differently, right? When you're confronted with the word, your mind has to go to one of two places. The first place can go against the word. If I hear something and I don't like it, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to go there. Well, maybe the preacher misinterpreted it. Maybe I can go to some of the church down the road and they'll tell me it's okay. Right? That's fine too because you're just, you're just feeding the word again because it says in the last days they will not adhere to sound doctrine. They won't stand for it. Right? I'm reading it right out of the word. I don't want to talk about that. <clears throat> it's fine. I'm comfortable right here. It feels good, preacher. But I love him. Amen? Amen? Or I love her. You fill in the blank. Wherever it fits for us, right? When we hear the word of God and we don't like what the word of God says, we're not going to change that thing. And the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He's not going to force you to change that thing. But your thinking's not going to change if your mind don't change. Right? If we're not renewing our mind. If God's word says, says it and you don't want to change in that area, you have wrong thinking. Your mind hasn't been renewed. Amen? Whatever it is. If God says, go here, go there, and you say, eh, I don't know about that. You got a mind problem. You got a mental problem. And it'll block your path. It'll block your blessing. It'll block your authority. It might block your path to heaven. What Jesus say? He that said, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Or enter in my good and faithful servant. And when the spirit says something. Or the word says something. And I choose to disagree with it. I'm on the wrong side of that. Right? We talked this morning about him having a, a, a tongue as a sword. That sword separates things. Amen. The second place your mind can go when you hear the word of God. When you're, confront, when you're confronted by the word. The word is the truth. Right? The word's always the truth. There's nothing else more true than the word. When your mind comes into agreement, when you hear the word, your mind says, oh yeah, that's right. God says that. I realize the word is always right. And Lord, since I know that your word's always right, I want to get that right. I want to be right by you. I want to get that thing changed. If my actions are, and words, and my actions or words aren't lining up with the word of God, I need change. This is the other place my mind can go. This is where we should all be at. When we hear the word of God, when we hear the preached word of God, the read word of God, or when the spirit speaks to me inside and it lines up with the word of God and it's something that I'm doing wrong or someplace that I've fallen short at, I need change. It's not the word of God that's wrong, it's me that's wrong. I need to change something there. I need to change my thinking. If I'll change my thinking, my actions will change. My words will change because my, my thinking's changed, right? Christians have, have a sixth sense. Y'all have heard we have five senses. We have a sixth sense. 
We have five physical senses, right? You can see, you can hear, you can taste, you can smell, and you can touch. But you also have a spiritual sense. You're able to hear from the spirit, right? And that spiritual sense is the most important. I'd rather be blind than not be able to hear from the Holy Ghost again. Amen? I'd rather lose all my other senses than not be able to hear from the Holy Ghost again. If I ignore the spirit, though, if you ignore the spirit and you rely on your five physical senses, you'll end up acting like you don't have any sense at all. This is the truth. In church, so many times, this is where we get at. We ignore the spirit. We ignore what his word says, and we go on and do what we want to do. I go ahead and run things how I want to run things. I'll go ahead and have whatever relationships or go wherever I want to go or do what I feel like doing. And so many times we look like we ain't got no sense at all when that happens, right? Just like Caleb, most of us know this stuff. I haven't told you anything new today, most of you. Some of you may have learned something. Most of you, I'm just bringing it to your remembrance, right? We know this. It's the discipline that we're missing. Church, we have to discipline ourselves. God gives us messages like this to discipline us. But we have to discipline ourselves, right? The application is everything. What James say? Be doers of the word and not hearers only. If you just hear this and you walk off and don't do it, James says you're deceived. He not only that you're deceived, but you deceived yourself. You deceived your own self. Knowledge is great, but if we don't apply it, we're missing it. We're missing it. You can go to church for the rest of your life. You can know everything there is. You can go to seminary and know everything there is about the Bible. But if you, don't play, if you don't apply it, if you don't allow the word to change you and mold you and make you, change your thinking. The word has to change us. Every time we come in contact with the word, if it doesn't change you, you're thinking wrong. We're thinking wrong. It should change us every time you get your Bible out and you read it. Every time you come into a church service, you should be looking for little nuggets to change my life, to change my thinking. Because when my thinking changes, my life changes, right? When we realize we need God more than anything, I need God more than I need my next breath, right? Because even if I don't have a breath, if I got him, I'm going to be with him. Amen? I need him more than anything. When we realize that, we'd trade things. We'd trade people. We'd trade relationships. We trade our wants for the source. You realize he's the source of everything? He created this whole place. We can't gain anything outside of him anyway, right? This is having a renewed mind. This is what I'm talking about, getting God number one. Back on the throne of our heart. God's God, his word, his ways. <clears throat> what have you done for your relationship today? Could we all pray? Could we do that? bow our heads think about this what have i done for my relationship today i'm sure that the spirit's quickening many of you with something you need to do with your relationship with him today i know he did me that's why i was up at one o'clock this morning i had to spend some time with him some well-needed time with him i had to spend that time with him maybe you need some time with him maybe you've been putting him aside maybe you're not in any big sin or anything that's where i was at but I, I just wasn't spending, I haven't spent the time the last few days with God that I needed to have. Wasn't feeling good. Things came up. Wanted to do things with my wife. You all get the picture. Whatever it is, sacrifice that thing. Sacrifice that thing. Make sure he's number one. What are you going to do for your relationship tomorrow? Who are you going to remind of this? 
Think about your families. Think about your children sitting here. They may need to be reminded. If you're here today and you haven't started this relationship with God, I want to talk to you for one second. We talked about Christ and his tongue separating things, being a sword. His word, they call the sword in the Bible. It says it's able to divide the spirit and the soul. It also will separate the sheep from the goats. It'll separate those that are going to make heaven and those who are going to make hell their home. The lake of fire, the Bible speaks of it. Everybody's going to stand in front of him. If you're here today and you haven't, you haven't started on that relationship with him, I'd like to lead you through that if you would, if you're willing to. No one wants to be separated from God forever. All you have to do to be saved from that devil's hell, you, you, you can make heaven. You can, you can be on your way there today. All you have to do is believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Believe that he died on a cross for your sin. Believe that God rose him from the dead and confess it with your mouth. You don't have to come confess it to me or any other man. We're talking to God today. Can we do that together today, church? All you have to do is just repeat after me and believe it. You don't even have to, it, it can be later on if you want to say these words or something like them. You just have to be genuine with God. Father, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I know your son Jesus died on a cross for my sin. I know you rose him from the dead. I know he's coming back for me someday. Please live in my heart. Lead me and guide me the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer right there, that's your first step to salvation. But you gotta get a you gotta get a Bible. I have a Bible. If you need a Bible, I'll give you one. See me before you leave here. You gotta get a Bible. Get in that Bible. Get in a good Bible preaching church. Start reading that word, having that relationship, just like I explained about talking to God. Talk to him for a while, he'll talk back to you. Right? Get in that relationship. Allow his words to change your life. If you've been sitting here for how many ever years? Never forget to allow God's word to change your life. Allow God's word to change your mind. Our thinking has to line up with his word continuously. Let's close in prayer if we can. Father, we thank you for this day, Daddy. I love you, Lord. I just praise your mighty name, Lord. I pray that you would just have your way on this day, Father God. Lord, have your way in our hearts, Father God. Lord, remind us each and every day. Lord, remind us to remind each other, Lord, what have you done for your relationship today? Each of us to remind each other and our families that are whatever, maybe call each other, however it is, Lord, what have you done in your relationship with God today? Remind us to remind ourselves of that, Father God. Write it on my mirror at home, Dad. Lord, this is huge. We, we, we can't go anywhere else without renewing of our minds, Father God. We thank you for this, Father, and we praise you, Daddy. I pray that you would just keep us safe on this day. Lord, bring us back here on Tuesday to the prayer meeting, Father God. Lord, set a fire inside this church, Daddy, inside of us, Lord, that we can't contain, Lord, that spreads all over this city, Father God. Spreads to our families, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would just touch this church, Father God, and draw us more spiritually close to you, Father God. Lord, mature us spiritually, Father God, so that we're ready for the people that you're going to send into here, Father God, how you're going to grow your church, Jesus. We thank you for all that you do for us. And we just praise you on this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Steve Schreier.